Thanks for taking the time to listen to these recordings of our Sunday morning sermons. The Door Church is one church in two locations on mission to see lives restored with the gospel for God's glory, and we'd love to have you join us. To learn more about our gatherings in Louisville and Argyle, Texas, visit our website at thedoorchurch.net. Now, let's worship God by opening His Word. All right. Uh, good morning, church family. Um, I'm Scott Brooks. If you're new here, my name is Scott Brooks, and I'm the lead pastor on the preaching team. And we are in our Advent series and looking at the beauty of Christ. And so um, I, I, I mentioned at the Louisville campus last week, but hey, we're doing it again. Like at Christmas time, I don't, in my household, that means trees come in and lights come out. And um, I don't always really like it. What I do is I bring the stuff down and, and then my wife just makes it just beautiful. I really like that part, but the, the whole getting it together. So my point in that is like, we're, we're doing it. And I just don't want to do it to do it. Um, there, the beauty of Christ is real. Um, and, and there is meaning in this season for you in particular. And so don't just go through the motions, but allow the beauty of Christ uh, really to, to possess you, to change you, to transform you. So uh, as we're going through this, I pray that this would recenter your mind, your heart, your lives, uh, your families on, on the, the truth of, of Christmas, which is just, it, it's just beautiful. It's breathtaking. And if you're not seeing that, maybe you're, you, maybe you're just moving too quickly. So there's a little space, uh, by God's grace, that your breath can be taken away by the, the truthfulness uh, of, of Christmas. So if you have your Bible, uh, grab it. will be in John, John 1, only a few verses this morning, 12 through thir- uh, 13, <laughs> through 13, 12 and 13. Um, last week, we, we started our Advent series uh, we went 1 through 11, so this is going to build off, off of that. Uh, 12 and 13 says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Uh, so last week, if you weren't here, uh, just to, to jog your memory, what we looked at was uh, the first part of John, John 1, 1, right here, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, this is profound, because it's saying the Word um, is God, and was with God. Jesus is God, and he was with God. And if you're here last week, we looked at the metaphor that Jesus is light, as Brad just mentioned. He wants to, to bring this light, really the love of God, into your to your life, particularly to your heart, uh, to, to change you. Now, verse 4, it tells us exactly why the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became man. It says in verse 4 this, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines what in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the reason why we're doing this thing again is there's darkness around us, about us, and in us, and Jesus came to bring light into darkness. And so we, we looked at last week, what is, what is darkness? Why, why did he come? This is important. Before you're going to see the beauty of Christ, you're going to have to understand why he came. Isaiah 59 verse 2 is actually very help, uh, helpful about darkness. It says, but your, iniqui- your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face 
from you so that he does not hear. So this idea of darkness, uh, other places in scripture, it's really this death shadow, and it's not overstated. That darkness is this death shadow, and one of the ideas that, that we live in darkness is there's a spiritual death in us all because of our sin against God. We've been separated from God because of our, our iniquities. And we talked about a little bit last week that sin always separates. You know that if you get in a fight with your wife or you sin against someone, what happens? It separates. There's, there's tension, right? And so between us and God, because of sin, we've been separated from him. And there's a spiritual death that we're all brought forth into. Now, there's a void in our hearts because of this. From the moment you're born... You're, 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 you're spiritually dead because of iniquities in us and the things that we do, sins. And we're trying to find significance and security. Another way you can say this, our identity in this world apart from God. We are made to have sin, uh, significance and security, our identity in God. But because of sin, we have the spiritual death. And so what we do is we're trying to fill this, this uh, void, this, this chasm this black hole that's in all of our hearts in the world. This is the death shadow. This is why Jesus came in. You're searching for this. Uh, if you found this in Christ, we continually, uh, apart from the Holy Spirit, search for life apart from Christ. And so what we do, because we have the spiritual death, is we, 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 we look for it in temporal things. We try to fill our eternal hole in our heart with temporal things. So we, some of us look for it in our spouses. And hear me, love my spouse, a gift from God, but she can't be God. She can't fill me. She can't fill the void that's in my heart. Uh, but a lot of us try to do that in our spouse. We try to do that in our kids. Like we look to our kids for what? Our security and our significance, right? That's what I mean by that. We're trying to find life where in our kids, how well they're liked, how well they achieve in their, their realms of whatever they do. That's what I mean by that. You're trying to find spiritual life in them with something that they can't produce in themselves for you. And it's devastating for everyone involved. Um, we do that in our achievements. We're trying to find significance and security. That's a spiritual issue. Why do you have to be the best? You got you to you think about it. Why are you a high achiever? Why do you need the money that you want? Security and significance. Another way that you can say this is this spiritual death, trying to find life apart from God, that's what the sin and separation is, is we're looking to our earthly kingdoms. Now, it's so interesting. They all look different. We're all trying to build our little earthly kingdom, right, and find, and find really spiritual significance that only can be found in God. Now, what we like to do is judge everyone else's earthly kingdom, not even really looking at what kingdom am I building and why? Where am I looking for life. This is why Jesus came. Why? Death's shadow. You are spiritually dead apart from Christ coming in. That's just where you're at. And I just try to label some things that where you may be trying to find the spiritual life. Now, Romans 6.23 talks about this kind of spiritual death or this de death shadow. It says, for the wages of sin is death. The good news is, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to focus on the first part. We, Jesus came in not only because you're spiritually dead, you're looking for significance and security, your identity, this relationship lost um, apart from him. But there's also a, a physical death. Romans 6.23 talks to us that the wages of sin is death. You are dying. I didn't know if you knew that. So there you go. Good morning. You're dying. It's not, it's not, it's not, not if, but when. 
I'm going to tell you something else. It's a grace of God that you know that. And, and here, here's why. No one wants to die. No one I've ever talked to is like, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to death. That, that's just not a common thing that you'll find. And so what death, your physical death does, and when I say it's the grace of God, it allows you to understand that you were made for something else. There's a spiritual void. Your physical death awakens your spiritual realities, saying there has to be something more. It makes you consider your life. What am I doing here? Every person wants to live. And you got to answer the question, well, why? Why do you want to live? Because there's something more than physical life. It points to a spiritual death that's already occurred. Why? By God's grace to awaken you to life, to really, to Christmas. Now, the good news uh, is that <laughs> the darkness is, is really bad news. Spiritual death, physical death. The good news is John 1.14 it's Christmas, and the Word became flesh. God became man and dwelt among us. Why? And we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, what? Full of grace. Jesus came and became a man. Why? Because he wanted to bring grace to me and you. Grace. Grace is this. I'm going to define it because I think it's a, you know, kind of a junk drawer word. We don't really know what it means. Grace is the ill-deserved love of God. Like, you don't deserve it. You're not neutral to it. You can't earn it. You actually deserve the opposite. You deserve the wrath of God. Grace is you. He's going to give you the love of God, something that you do not deserve. It's not neutral. You're, not, you're the opposite of deserving what, what he gives. But he comes to what? Full of this grace. The ill-deserved love of God is full. It's come for you. Now, Christmas, I read this week and I thought it was really good. Christmas, the birth of Christ, is proof of the good will of God towards man. It's proof of the good, the good will of God toward, towards you. Right? God, God wants to bring grace into your dark heart, into your life. That, that, this is the hope. If you're wondering, how, what does God think about me? The good will of God is pointed at you. How do I know that? Because of Christmas. Jesus came. That's how I know that. I mean, how beautiful is that? If you're wondering what God thinks about you, Good will of God towards you. Christmas says that. It's a beautiful reality. Now, verse 12. So let's, let's get into the text. It says, but all who did receive him, right? This, this, this gift from God, full of grace. Uh, but all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The first thing I want to mention about this, this gift of Christmas, Christ, grace coming towards us, is it's an invitation it says, but, but all who did receive him. So you know what you do with invitations. you got to weigh the cost of going to, to something, right? So I was just thinking about an invitation. You, you're going to think about it, and you're either going to receive the invitation or you're going to reject it. Uh, it's, either, it's either or. It's not like I, I'm going to kind of go. That's, that's not how it works, right? you either in or you out. And that's how it is with uh, Christianity. It's how it is with Christmas. You're either going to receive the gift of Christmas or you will reject the, 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 the gift of Christmas Christ. Now, that may be very simple, but it, it is, it's clear, right? You're either going to receive Christ or reject him. Receive grace or reject grace. Verse 11, it says this. Um, he came to his own, and his own is, is his, his people, Israel, Listen, and his own people did not receive him. 
Let's reject. So there, there are people that, that reject Christ. You either receive or reject, and the next, but all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So it's interesting that his own rejected him. I'm going to get more to that in a, in a second. So just so you know where you're at, you, you, I'm trying to drill you, either received or rejected Jesus, the gift of Christmas. Uh, you will receive or reject Christ this morning. There, there, will, there will be a response. Now, the response, but all who did receive him, is what, what I plead for. It's what the, that's, that's, that's God's heart for you, is that we receive. How do you receive the, the, the gift of Christmas or grace or Christ? Uh, it says here, to receive is what? To believe. That's what it says, right? Whoever received him believed in his name. You gotta re- so if you want to receive Christ, you want to respond, I, I want grace, what do you have to do? You've got to believe in his name. Now, verse Verse 12, it says to believe in his name. So again, you know, as you get to hear me more often, what you'll find is I make very simple comments. And so I just keep it very simple. So it's not, I'm never going to be like, whoa. So, I, right, you know, you're going to receive or reject. Now, to believe in his name, what does that mean? I'm going to just state the opposite. That's to believe not in your name, right? And that may seem small, but it's significant. To believe, to receive Christ is what? That means not to believe in your name. Now, there's a lot there. So I became a Christian, uh, a freshman in college. I'm not gonna give my whole testimony, but I, uh, I grew up in the church. I have two godly parents. My dad taught my Sunday school since I could remember. One of the greatest men I've ever met in my life. And I say that because I've lived with him. He's just an incredible guy, high integrity, loves the Lord, and and raised me to know the Lord. Now, I didn't receive Christ till college or believe in his name. And here's why. When I heard the gospel message, what I heard is you're not good enough. And I'm like, yes, that's me. You're going to sin. I do sin. And I struggle. And I'm like, yes, that's me. And then I'd be like, here's the prayer. Say the prayer. So I'd say the prayer. I'd be like, God, forgive me for my sins. And, you know, I want to receive Christ and I'll be better. Now, whose name am I believing in there? It sounds like Christ, but, the, but I'm going to be better. So what I'd say is I'm not going to come on the, 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 the pretense of Christ alone. It's going to be Christ and, God, I have a really sincere heart. God, I, I'm really going to be better for you. So what am I baking my salvation on? Christ and I will be better. Is that Christ alone? Is that, is that his name alone? No. See, I missed it completely. I was off marginally, but I was off eternally. I had n- no heart change, no freedom, no peace. Why? Whose name was I believing on? My name. Now, there's different ways that we're going to look at this. To believe in Christ's name is not to believe in your names. And most people in the church, we basically think there's, there's the haves and the haves not, right? We're, we're the haves because we're here. Like we're the ones that made the effort this morning, got the kids ready, got, got the cup of coffee, and we're here. We're the haves. We've done it. And the have not. So people out there don't get it, right? That's how church people think. And this is not what Christianity is. So we'll just talk about the have nots. What Christianity isn't is that, that see, a lot of people don't think you can have grace. Why? Because you look at your sins. Like s- some of us in here, all of us in here, be frank, ha- have sins that we have done, 
that we think, God couldn't love me because of that. Whose name are you believing on? Your name, right? He's like, because the efforts that I've done, the, the poor performance, my failures, um, some of us believe the struggles that you have, that you continually have, habitual sins, God couldn't love you. Whose name are you believing on? Your name. See, see Christmas is about grace, the ill-deserved favor and love of God, if we would believe in his name. See, Jesus came and dealt with all of our sin, all of our iniquities on the cross of Christ, paid in full, paid in full by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we believe in his name. His name is the reason why we have access and relationship to God. Is, is that how you've come? Do you believe in his name? No sin can separate you. Why? Because Christ has paid in full. Now, the haves. This is the more dangerous person. Uh, I, I want you to hear the reason why Christ came is for the failures and the sinners and the down and outs. And so he's pardoned those. And, and, and the grace is say, come, come to me, come to me, and, and, and I'll, you can become a child of God. The, the haves, the people who usually reject Christ the most, or, or the ones that I'm most burdened for, is the, the ones that are near Christ but not are in Christ. Did you hear? Jesus came to his own, and what'd they do? They rejected him. They did not receive him. Now, that's interesting. Why? Why is that true? Because most of us think Christianity is what I said at the beginning. God, please forgive me for whatever, and I'll be good. And what is that full of? Themselves. See, the only thing that can keep you from God is who? You. You, coming full of self, that self-righteousness. A lot of us, <laughs> all you need for, you know, for Christianity is nothing, right? But that's, we, we have so much more, and that's our problem. Like you, we were like, but look, we're pretty good people. Like, we do the right things. I've done the right things. It's so interesting. He actually lists here in, in the text, uh, but all who did receive and who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. He's listing out your resume. No man can earn this. No man can work for it. There is no resume that can make you right with God. Whose name are you believing on? It's so subtle, but it's significant and it's eternal. So many of us think we're pretty good and you will not believe on his name if that's what you believe. That's why we do what? There are no perfect people all the time here. No, why? It's not to shame you. It's like, he's perfect. He's our righteousness. We cannot come full of ourselves. See, um, Christianity is not being a good person. It's not. That's not what it's about. It's about Christ. Um, most, most people think it's about being, being moral, maybe voting the right way, doing the right things, being faithful, whatever you think it is. And it's like, that's Christian. Now, you may have some fruits of that because, or works of that because of the Spirit of God, but that's not what makes you a Christian. Another way you could ask it, I always ask people this when I'm trying to figure out where they're at with the Lord. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? And what's so interesting, I want you to answer that question. Are you a Christian? Answer in your head, not out loud. That'd be weird, right? In your head, are you a Christian? What are you saying? Now, if you're saying, well, I'm working on it, you don't get it. Why? Because it's to receive or reject. It's not about you working on it. 
You don't clean yourself up. Jesus is what makes you a Christian. It's either yes or no, right? And some of us said yes, and you're like, because I grew up in the church. Yes, because I was baptized. Yes, because whatever. You don't get it. Whose name are you believing on? See, to receive Christ is to repent. Turn from sin, your sin, your failures, your struggles, and believe on his name that he's actually forgiven you. And to turn, listen, to turn from your righteous acts, all your good works, and believe that his righteousness is what saves you. See, you got to repent of not only your sin and your good works. It's because your, your good works are damnable before God. It's only the work of Christ that saves. Whose name are you believing on? It says this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, for our sake, he made him to be sin. Jesus became sin on our behalf, right? Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God. It's his righteousness that saves us. His name, his name alone, in Christ alone. Now, there's a trajectory of life, if you believe on his name. To, to receive him is to believe on his name. That you are forgiven and made right by Christ alone. Now, when that happens, there is a, it, I'll, just, I'll just read it. It says this in, in verse 13. Um, who, were bo- who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You are born of God. Now, this is interesting. This is litmus test. So what makes you right with God? By believing in his name alone, Christ alone. Now, what I want you to think about because a lot of us, it's subtle, right? It might, Jesus plus something else. There's a new life that comes into us, right, when you believe on Christ. That you've been born again, it says. You've been born of God. Now, what's interesting, Jesus was born. Well, we're going to sing here a little bit. Jesus was born so we could be born again. Now, I want to look at when someone is born again, what is some, some traits to show indicators that you've actually believed on his name. These things don't save you, but these are indicators, pointers, do you actually have believed on Christ's name alone? So when you're born again, there is new spiritual life. That's why I'm not, it's not, it's not, I'm bad, now I'm good. It's new life, you are different. You're now spiritually dead, as we talked about earlier. Now you're spiritually alive. Now, to give you some, some context for this, new spiritual life, if you're spiritually alive, what do alive things do? They're, they're organic, and they, what, they grow. Like, Kisto just had a, a baby. You should congratulate him. Hutton, he, you know, he's one sings, if you don't know, Kisto, and does student ministry. Awesome. You know what I, I guarantee they're doing right now? Because I've had three kids. They're going to the doctor a lot. And some, you know, usually what they do is they measure it. They're going to measure the child, and they're going to weigh it. Because what are they looking for? Is it growing? Why? Because living things, what? They grow, Right? That is the truth of you. When you become a Christian, new life comes into you. What happens? You grow. Why? Because God lives in you. And if God lives in you, who are you going to become more like? God. That's not a trick question. You should be becoming more like God if you have received Jesus Christ. You believed on his name because the Holy Spirit comes into you. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience. You should be growing in the character of God. Like you should have a, a trajectory in your life towards Christ. Why? Because the character of Christ has come into you, right? Not good works. I didn't say like you do like really great things, although by, the, by God's grace, you should. What am I talking about? You should be more like God 
a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, there's a trajectory towards Jesus. Why? He lives in you. Now, the question is, would you, would you say your trajectory of life is more like Jesus? Are you being transformed from one, one degree of glory to the next? I think you should ask your spouse that. And this is, our, Jesus saves. That, but, and new life, you grow. The second thing about when you're born again or just when you're born, you know what, uh, you, have, you have faculties and you experience the world. You know, it, I remember having a kid, they do a hearing test, they, they touch them, they're just all movement. Because they, why? They're, they, have, they have sensitivities to the world around them. When you're born again, you have a sensitivity towards God and new life comes into you. So I, I remember I used to, you know, I didn't like church. I didn't, I didn't like going. I went when I was younger. I told my, my parents are godly people. Took me all the time. I, I did not like it. I just drew a lot. It was a time where I got in trouble because I couldn't sit still. There's a lot of issues. What I, look, what I was most excited about was Spring Creek afterwards. I mean, that's the only thing I got, right? Because on Spring Creek, I don't know if you used to go. They play Christian music. Probably went there. I brought your bulletin, a little discount. You get ice cream and lots of rolls. I mean, that, that was my, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting so, so lots of rolls and ice cream, but nothing else. When God saved me, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to go to church. I wanted to hear the word of God. I wanted to sing. I actually wanted to read this book. Why? Because God gave me new life. He gave me new, new faculties to experience him that I did not have before. You know, one of the biggest things that, that actually starts to happen when you have life, <laughs> you start to see the goodness of God, and you want to experience that. Is that you? I'm not making this up. I did not have that. Born again, I desire God. I, I want to be in community. I want, not, all, not always, I'm not perfect, but you should have these sensitivities towards God. Why? Because that's evidence of God in you. Um, so being born again, right, there's new spiritual life. There's a sensitivity towards God and you see the goodness of God. You see, it's like, it's like seeing for the first time. You see everything differently. Um, verse, verse, verse 12, it also um, mentions this about being, being born again, that you, you have the right to become a child of God. This is identity. And when I, met, when I talked about earlier, we are spiritually born uh, into sin by our nature and our choice. Um, and so we have this spiritual death. We're not okay. We're looking for significance and uh, security, our identity and everything. This is when you're born again. He says, what's the banner of truth now for your security? You're a child of God. You're a child of God. This is, this is, this is what he gives you. He, he gives you a, a peace with God. You're okay. You're okay now. Why? Because you, you're a child of God. Um, I just wrote down some things. What that means is this is who you are now. If you're in Christ, you're a child of God. You have security. It may, so in the world, the world's falling apart. Your world will fall apart. I'm just telling you it's going to happen. And not if, but when. Where's your security? It says, if God is for me, who could be against me? It means there's going to be opposition, but it doesn't matter. Why? Because you belong to God. He's my security. I wrote, wrote down particular, he's my security. There's no sin that will separate you from God. I need you to hear that. Why? Paid in full. No sin will separate you from God. Past, present, future, continual, big or small. No sin. Why? Because the precious blood of Jesus Christ. How about that for security? I mean, 
I need to hear that this morning, right? Man, I need to know that every sin is painful. Now, and not only did Jesus defeat sin, he also defeated Satan. What in the world does that mean? Does it mean Satan has power over him? Not really. All he does, he's, he's a liar. He's an accuser. He brings shame and guilt into your life. We can walk in freedom. Why? Because we got a new name. We got a new name. I'm a child of God. I'm not named by my sin. I'm named by the grace of God. Do you know your name? Do you walk free from guilt and shame? <laughs> that, that's security. Because people are going to talk about you. You're like, oh, people are talking. Yeah, they're going to talk about you. But it don't matter what they say. Why? Because I'm a child of God. You don't have to care what everyone else thinks. Why? Because you know what God thinks. That's security. I mean, if you walk in this, maybe we could put that social media down a little bit. You don't need, you don't need the likes. You don't need the affirmation. Why? Because you got that in God, child of God. You don't have to work for that approval. You have his. He defeated death. Security. I said everyone's dying, but the good news, if you're in Christ, you're going to be living. Resurrection, new heavens, new earth. Think about that. So everything may be falling apart, but man, we're going to be raised and he's making new heavens and new earth. This is part of being a right, as Brad mentioned. We have this right, this security, because this is what God does for us. There's significance, right? If you've got a new name, so significance, not only you're a child of God, you have intimacy. I have, I have deep intimacy with my kids. I know them. I love them. They, they love me. There's intimacy with you and God now. We're trying to figure out our worth in this world. That's a lot of us, what we're doing. That's that spiritual death. I mean, I was thinking about this. So my kids wrestle. If you, if you come along, long enough, I'll talk about that too. I just, like I said, broken record, right? I got a few things. But on the way to the tournament, I'm thinking like, why, do, why are we doing this? I, I always want to know why. And, you know, I don't coach in the corner because I'm hyper-competitive, right? And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I was like, is this, is this okay thing to be competitive? Because uh, I am, right? And I'm trying to just you know, give myself a pep talk before we go. Now, what's interesting, winning is not everything. We can glorify God in winning, but my point in all this is my deepest identity is not if my kids win or lose. I want them to win. I'm okay if they lose, right? Not, not always in the moment, but I'm okay, right? You're okay if you don't always win, why, if you're the child of God? You can have a competitiveness to you, but your deeper identity is not what you do, but who, what God's done for you. Furthermore, I mean, and this is just, I'm trying to apply it to myself. You're like, man, that's so weird. Well, you're weird too, and you do it, right? Why, why do you like the hobbies that you do? Like, why do you have to do those things? I saw a guy shoot a deer, and it's so interesting. I'm, I'm not against deer hunting, but he's you know, this older gentleman, and he has this big trophy buck. I'm like, why does that matter? Like, the meat, I mean, I want to eat it, but like he's, he's not even smiling. It's like right here. Like why? He's saying, man, I'm, I have some type of value, worth. He's trying to show worth. Why do you have to catch a big fish? Why do you have to have a six-car garage? Why do you have to have multiple? Why? Why do you have to achieve? You're trying to have worth. That's what you're doing. We all do it differently. We like to judge people who do it differently than us, right? That's, that can be let go if our deepest identity, banner, the banner that we live is the child of God. Man, those are some sweet, peaceful moments. Now, 
born of God, and I'll finish here. How do we be born of God? All right, we talk about receive and believe. And another way, you can't do anything. That's what I'm trying to get at. But you have to understand the beauty of Christ to kind of make full circle. Your soul has to feel its worth in Christ and in Christmas. How? You got to be born of God. So again, I mentioned I have three kids. Um, and so I've seen, you know, how, how those things work. My kids did nothing to get here, just so you know that, right? Nothing. They didn't make a plan to be here. They just came, right? And no effort of theirs. My wife, man, praise her, right? No, no effort of them. So my point, to be born of God, it's not your plan, and it's none of your efforts can make you a child of God. And the way that I'm going to try to show you your worth is in John 16, 21, it says this. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow, right? If you've, <laughs> if you've given birth, there's sorrow because her hour has come. When that birthing process happens, there's sorrow because why? There's pain and there's suffering. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remains in anguish and remember, uh, remembers the anguish, which I love it says, I don't even remember the anguish. Why? For the joy that a human being has been born into the world. Now, I've seen this play out. Three kids. <laughs> when it's coming, suffering and pain. Child born, no remembrance. Joy. Now, when this time was written, not only is it guaranteed uh, suffering and pain when the hour comes, but it could cost you, the, the, the mother, their life. It was much more dangerous then. Now, Jesus coming, he, Jesus came, and, he, and it says when he, before he went to the cross, his hour was coming, right? He, there's pain and suffering at the cross. Pain and suffering at the cross, and not, it could cost him his life, it did cost him his life. But there was joy on the other side of the cross, why? Because he says, you're worth it. You are worth it. All the pain, all the suffering, his life, he says, you are worth it to me. Man, if you allow the beauty of Christ to set in that way, it changes your life. It changes your eternity. You receive really the beauty of Christmas until your soul feels its worth in the beauty of Christ. You'll be spiritually groping in darkness when Jesus says, man, I'm the light of the world and I came to bring you life. Let's read it one more time. Verse 12. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Let's pray. God, I pray that you'd help us respond by considering the worth of Christ, the worth that Jesus came, dwelt among us, full of grace, and Jesus came with a purpose to die. Why? So our souls could feel its worth that we'd feel loved and known and forgiven. We'd have security and identity. We'd be born of you. Help us see why you were truly born, God. I pray your spirit moves in our hearts and minds. God, help us, help us, help us receive by believing not in our name. Nothing that we've done or could do, but in Christ, in Christ, in Christ alone. Help us lay our deadly doings down, down at Jesus' feet, so we can stand in him alone, in him alone, beautifully complete. Amen.